For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Breaking news Wednesday here on the Pick 6 Podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Sam McEwen along with Evan Bland and Tom Chattel. We're coming to you on Zoom. Uh, we're, uh, you know, uh, hammering away at a bunch of breaking stories. Evan had one with Miles Farmer. Uh, our colleague down at the Journal Star will be having one on Aaron Ulis, who uh, probably is not going to be playing a game with Nebraska basketball. That would be my hunch. Um, after he was found, uh, he's been charged with making more than a thousand bets uh, on college sports. I, I don't anticipate him uh, necessarily being with with the Oscars for a long period of time. We'll find out, but we'll go ahead and cover those things. Obviously, Nebraska football camp has begun, and that's a big deal. Like we can't just ignore that. Um, good vibes coming out of camp on Monday and Tuesday from Matt Rule and crew. Uh, so we'll cover that as well. If we get to volleyball, great. I watched the John Cook interviews yesterday. Uh, so I have some thoughts, maybe if we can get to that, but I think we're going to start with where we are. I want to remind everybody, hey, today's August 2nd, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the Omaha World Herald. This will take you through the second signing day. If you subscribe now, uh, six months, one dollar, whole football season, all the time, all the time should tell, all the Evan, all of the me, all of the football. There'll be some basketball in there, too. Who knows what they're going to do? Uh, and all of the volleyball. So the entire volleyball season, you can get that if you subscribe to the Omaha World Herald today. That's a pretty cool deal, football and volleyball, uh, for one buck, six months. Okay, let's get into it. Um, let's start with Miles Farmer. So Miles Farmer has entered the transfer portal, Evan. He's leaving the program. I, I don't anticipate him returning. If he had wanted to stay, he would have. Uh, he was suspended right before camp, maybe maybe a few days before camp, uh, for not adhering or upholding the standards. Uh, that Matt Rule has set forth for his players. Um, you just wrote the quick story about it. What What do you think the impact is here of his departure and also what it says about Rule setting the culture? Right. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not ideal when you lose a guy who's been your starter for the last year and a half. He's been a one of Nebraska's best players on defense. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, I do think if there's a spot on the team where you were to say, okay, remove this guy early in fall camp, I think the secondary would be the spot for that. I mean, you look at uh, what they've got back with Malcolm Hartzog, who was a starter, Marquise Buford, who's still recovering from a knee injury, but he's a starter who's on the on the way back. Uh, Quentin Newsom, of course, who's been sort of the Iron Man for Nebraska the last couple of years. And then they have a number of other uh, just sort of depth pieces that we'll see how it plays out. Tommy Hill's back on that side of the ball, Omar Brown, Corey Collier, like you can go down the list and say, there are, there are players, Isaac Gifford, of course, uh, who could conceivably fill that spot. So I, I don't think it's as huge of a deal as it would be at some other positions. Uh, to your point about the culture, yeah, I think it it's another sort of uh, message that's sent. I mean, first of all, they had no problem suspending Miles Farmer. They had no problem talking about suspending uh, Miles Farmer this week, uh, did rule. So I think Not that's a fan that's, day. Yeah, it wasn't a fan day. And I think it follows up with what we, you know, saw with Bob Wager too, who, who has the, you know, the, the DUI incident and promptly resigns. Like there's, 
I think a pretty clear message that, you know, you live up to the standard or you're not going to be here. And as Matt Rule said on Monday, they wanted Miles Farmer to be here. They wanted him to clean up some of those maybe minor violations or, or uh, lapses in judgment, whatever it might be. Ultimately, he decided to go the other way. You know, they're 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 cool with that. You know, they they move on. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's 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 sort of both. It's uh, it's going to be a little bit of a hit for a defense that, of course, could have kept them around. But at the same time, I do think it's a testament to the culture that this program has set in the offseason. Tom, you covered a lot of coaches in your in your time. Um, I'm curious where rule sits and on the disciplinarian scale for you and and whether you think this is um, unique to your experience or or something that you've seen before. And, and how do you think it's affecting the program already? Yeah, I don't. Um, you know, it, 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 it's not unique. I mean, a lot of coaches have had this kind of discipline. This is obviously this is what you need. This is what Nebraska has, has not had. Uh, the last several years uh, on, on the field. Um, it, it's unique around Nebraska uh, lately. <laughs> I mean, you can make the argument that Miles Farmer would still be on the team uh, with with the old staff. I mean, who knows what was going on, uh, you know, uh, under the under the old staff. So, um, and, and, and I don't know what kind of things he, he, he wasn't doing or, 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 you know, the, extent of it or whatever so i I'm, i can't talk about that but um look this is the kind of stuff that happens when you have a coaching change and for it to happen with the starter before the uh fall camp um i think maybe they just saw that you know this, this was going to be an issue going forward and they just took care of it now they didn't want it to have to happen happen all fall so um it's a sign that yeah you've got to shape up or you're not going to play and they're the fact that it was a starter you know might be beneficial to the the, the rule way you know trying to send a message to the the, the team it, 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 could, it could be anybody so you know nobody's above it so um i look at it as this stuff that happens the first year uh i like Evan said it's not ideal um you know but um <laughs> It's it's to me overall it's about the 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 bigger picture of of you know this you gotta have discipline or you're you're not gonna win in this league so um, it it uh, you know you, you you move on yeah you know Evan you mentioned Wager and and to, from my perspective based on what he was cited for. Uh, I think he would have resigned under almost any coaching staff. I, cause he was cited for, you know, a DUI of 1.5. And just, just so we're clear, if it's, if it's over 08, sometimes those don't always whatever because of the margin of error, but there's no margin of error that comes into play when it's 0.15 beyond that open container, careless drive. This is a person that was, you know, that, uh, that didn't get, that wasn't stopped at a DUI stop that you get off the interstate. This is somebody who was, who was picked up for, for erratic driving and drinking while driving, you know, uh, that's what an open container in a vehicle typically indicates. So sure. my only point was that, you know, Keith Williams was, was someone who Nebraska did keep back in the day. So there yes. is an example of going the other way. That was all I was for sure. Thinking. No. And, and, and yeah, that was always a, that was always a controversial decision. Uh, for sure. And so uh, I think Nebraska actually upgraded the position coach 
Um, I don't know if they upgraded the recruiting, but they upgraded the position coach by getting Josh Martin there. I want to go to the other breaking news, and then we'll get back to football camp. So um, there has been an ongoing investigation into University of Iowa and Iowa State University athletes uh, for gambling on college sports. And in the last 48 to 72 hours, the charges have begun to come out on a number of those things. And the Cedar Rapids Gazette and the Des Moines Register have been on top of this stuff. What I'm reading to you is from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Um, and we will have something shortly on our site. But, you know, Iowa's got, you know, the papers over there have access to the records and they kind of know what they're looking for when it hits the, the, the legal portal at 9 a.m. Um, but former University of Nebraska, Iowa, or I'm sorry, University of Iowa basketball player Aaron Ulis faces a tampering with records charge during the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigations probe into sports gambling at Iowa and Iowa State. Ulis, according to a criminal complaint filed by the Johnson County uh, Attorney's Office Tuesday, allegedly used his older brother's information, that is, Tyler Ulis, the former player at Kentucky to disguise approximately 1,850 sports wagers. Over 740 of the 1,850 bets were placed before Euless turned 21. The legal betting age in Iowa, according to the court document, the alleged wagers totaled over 34,800. At least one of the wagers was on an Iowa sporting event, and over 430 were on NCAA-sanctioned football and basketball games. Um, this is why he is not playing in Spain. This is why he's not available there. Uh, I think the chances of him ever playing at Nebraska seem very unlikely. And these are the kinds of things that when, you know, when I was a kid, this was like a massive scandal. And you have now all of these athletes caught up in this. Nobody's saying point shaving at this point. But when you're betting on that many games and you're putting that much money down, my goodness, it does change the way that you look at the world. This is this is a big deal, obviously, for Nebraska because he's very unlikely to play in Nebraska um, if these if these charges prove true. But simultaneously, this is engulfing the Iowa and Iowa State athletic departments. Yes, Emma, it's it is a mess. And uh, what, I, what I'm really curious about, I mean, everybody says, well, this is everywhere. Every, this happens in every campus, and I'm, I'm sure it does. Um, but it sure seems to be coming back to the state of Iowa over and over and over. So what is going on over there where there, there, there is uh, so many cases of this? I, I, I don't understand that, I guess. Um, what, I, what I'm really curious about is what is the, the NCAA's discipline going to be for this? Um, are you, are, are, are you, are you going to get banned for uh, life from uh, you know, your eligibility over with or who and how many? Um, I think it's it's really interesting because uh, there are our athletic programs that are sponsored by the uh, uh, casinos. I mean, it's it's just such a gray area. It overlaps. It was it's it, very hypocritical in a lot of ways. Um, I I don't know. I just think. Um, College sports has become so corporate, and and it's just hard to to kind of wrap your arms around the uh, okay, what's moral and what's not, you know, what, what where where are the boundaries? Um, you know what I mean? It's just it's I feel yes. like it's um, it's just hard to I, I'm I'm more anxious to see the uh, the penalties for this or the the 
you know, and and because, you know, what are you gonna do? I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really, and I'm, I'm not surprised that this has happened in Nebraska, but it's a former Iowa it happened over there, right? So, um, I don't know. It's uh, something's going on over there, and uh, you know, you, you can you, you can be sure it's probably happening other places too. It just hasn't come out. Right? Well, and we heard from uh, Kirk Ferentz last week at Media Days too. He talked about it. Some of a couple of his players, at least, are caught up in the same investigation. And you know, he made some of the points that you did, Tom, about this idea that hopefully he he said the punishment will be um, proportional to what the reality of the world is today. And the reality the reality of the world is you can turn on uh, you know College Game Day on ESPN on Saturday, and you'll see betting lines on these right. games. Like it's. As to your point, become very mainstream. These kids are inundated with it. You watch a an NFL game on a Sunday, and you've got multiple gambling, uh, you know, advertisements and things that are just hitting you all the time. So, uh, certainly, education uh, probably needs to be uh, a little bit more in the forefront with some of these things. But I agree, and, and to your point, Sam, like if this had come out twenty years ago, this is a a major deal. And it almost just kind of feels like, well, you know, this is the way that college sports is going. This is the way the world's going. You can gamble on sports almost anywhere in the country and a lot of places in the country right now. Um, as to what you said too, Tom, it'll be fascinating to see what the punishment is for something like this. So one of the things that I'm, I'm really curious to figure out is the complaint says the wagers, this is again from the Cedar Rapids Gazette, were routinely and consistently placed from U.S.'s phone at locations that included his university residence and areas of the university not routinely open to the public. Obviously, he was using an app. The question that I have is, was he betting on athletic contests? In other words, putting money on teams or putting money on, you know, the over-under of a game? Or, and this is not really differentiated in the report, was he using DraftKings? And was he, or, or what's the other one? I can't even remember the other one. Um, and was he basically a compiling, uh, like a, like a fantasy lineup, which you can do in can't college football and college basketball, you can do this where you, you know, you play fantasy that night and you're, you're placing money on guys to score points. Um, that would be interesting to me to, 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 to discern. I'm just curious to know if that's what's going on here. You know, like if that's what we're talking about. Or if this guy literally put 1,840 bets on games. Well, there, there was a backup kicker in Iowa uh, was betting the, the over-under on a Iowa State-Iowa game. So and Not he, good. Of course he, he, he bet the under, it said. Um, but it's um, still, I mean, there's he wasn't playing. There's a guy who could who could impact, or maybe had knowledge of the over under uh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's 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 serious stuff. So I mean, that's P. Rose stuff. Well, I mean, yeah. So it's <laughs> I'm anxious to see what what they do because um, the, the NCA has not been in the mood to do a lot lately, and uh, but, but now they've got a new uh, an. Uh, 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 a new guy in charge, and we'll see what what um, you know Charlie Baker wants to do. But um, um, it's it's crazy. But again, when you got these athletic departments taking money from the casinos, 
Okay, how can they? How can they uh, stand there and and uh, you know wag their finger at the players? Uh, they're taking money from them, so it's um, it's nuts. Yeah, it's a it's a thorny issue. We'll, we'll see how it all turns out for Nebraska. It's it's a bad development. I mean, it goes without saying. Um, very late in the process to add a player at this point from any sort of some any experience perspective. I don't. I didn't think that Aaron Ulis was going to be a big time star on the team, but I do think he knew the Big Ten inside now because he played in it for three years and would have been an asset, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Would have would have taken 15, 20 minutes a game, um, and that's a player they're not going to have. <laughs> if they do, I don't know what. I have no idea under what circumstances they would have him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can pay restitution and get out of it. Or I don't. There is. There may not even be restitution to pay. I mean, he may have made a lot of money. You just never know. And right. so the thing is, the thing's kind of messy and, and, and what are you going to do? But um, that's where Nebraska basketball is. They're playing, they're playing in Spain again today. There's no press conference today. Fred Hoiberg announced a couple of days ago. Well, you know, Hey, just so you know, um, he's not playing, he's dealing with a situation and Fred wouldn't say much more, but now we know what it is. And, and I think Nebraska will, uh, will adequately prepare to move on. I mean, there's only so much they can do. Back to football camp. Um, okay, so we were at Big Ten Media Days last week. Thought that went, you know, pretty well. We haven't talked uh, since uh, since then. Then the Wager news on Friday. Then camp opened, and it felt like um, the vibes have been pretty strong. Like players seem – granted, it's early in camp. So you talk – you know, call me back in two weeks. But um, the, I think the sense of camaraderie and the sense of culture – seems stronger than really it has maybe ever since the first year of frost but maybe even that you know in the middle era of Bo Pelini it just feels like people are on the same page with the coach I, I agree with that I mean I felt like going to Big Ten media days and I wrote about it like I, it, there wasn't any big bold statement from rule there wasn't any singular thing that came away from it it was just like this steady stream of of culture stuff, of stuff that he believes in, of sayings, of of just things that they want to be all about. And I felt like camp these last couple of days have been sort of the same thing. I mean, I was struck by MJ Sherman, who talked on Tuesday. And if you remember back in the spring and at his previous stops, he's been a really effusive, uh, sort of reflective, deep thinker when he talks yeah. about his career and different things. On Tuesday, man, he was locked in. I mean, he he said, I think, four or five different times he repeated the whole idea of getting 1% better every day. I didn't want to get into, you know, how much there was to do. It was just 1% better every day. And a lot of the other players, I thought, uh, sort of parroted some of that stuff as well. And it just, but it didn't feel like overly cliche. It just felt like guys were locked in. They knew what they had to do. They knew what was expected of them. And so... You know, I, that's I think that's what you want if you're in Nebraska. Like, I, I agree. It feels like the last few years there've been a lot of freelancers, players who have their own agendas, coaches who are uh, maybe in some cases trying to boost their own individual profile, and you just don't get a sense of any of that. You get a sense of like, you know, the, the whole one of us thing. Like, that's what this group's been all about. And I do think that's the kind of stuff that can hold up in two or three weeks when you're wondering, why am I doing this? I'm tired, school starting. Like, that's the stuff that you fall back on that maybe can pay dividends for this team. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point that you make. And and we'll, we'll have to see. 
you know, I think there's still a lot of question on the defensive side of the ball of like effectiveness, like how well will all of this work on offense? Again, I've said this a couple of different times. I have a pretty good idea of what they're going to try to do. It's just going to be a question of doing it. And I think on defense, I think they could do a lot of different things. Um, and we'll just have to see that the, the defensive structure is going to be really aggressive. That's all they'll say. The reality is they're going to have a lot of, they're going to have a lot of stemming, which is, you know, um, movement before the stab, stunting, which is movement after the stab, and blitzing, which is bring more guys than the standard number of guys. They're going to do a lot of it. They're, they're going to move around a lot and they're going to try to make it hard for offensive linemen to key on one thing or another. They're going to challenge um offenses to figure that stuff out it may it may work beautifully you just you just never quite know um whether it'll whether it'll pan out on the offensive side of the ball we'll hear from those guys on thursday but uh i was impressed again you know you, you know i've been pretty consistently impressed with tony white the defensive coordinator just the way that he talks about things and what he's trying to accomplish yeah the um with coaching changes, usually, you know, it goes one way or the other. There's an immediate connection. Everything clicks together, and they're all on the same page. Or it's first year is just kind of a struggle, and you just try to get through it. Um, if if it's the former, I mean, that's that's. I think I mean, we, all signs all signs seem to be pointing toward the fact that that there is a immediate chemistry here. That maybe these players. You know they they say young people want discipline. Well, um, maybe 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 these guys want to to to, to be coached up hard. And um, but you know it's they don't have uh, the personnel to expect a lot out of this team. I mean, it's going to be. I really feel like this team is is um, that this season is going to be based on the you know, chemistry and and. Uh, Momentum and and in 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 terms of all that, also uh, the playmaking. You know, you wonder, 2018, if there had been a stronger connection, would they have been able to, um, you know, take the early hits of losing the game and and losing Martinez, and 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 you know, and and maybe finishing some of those games. Um, I I really feel like. Th- this this season, they need it. It's it's not set up for a lot of momentum because you you go on the road for two, you come home yeah, for two, and then, and then here comes Jim Harbaugh's best team. It's not set up to go on a big run early. No, it's not. So you, you, I think I think you need to I think there need to be any any kind of momentum and early early good vibe or chemistry. They got to get a split out of those first two games. And somehow you get, get get like three out of four early, um, and then you, you then you, and then you can, you, okay, here comes Michigan, uh, and then you, you know, go go from there, um, because it's it's really it's it's, uh, I just feel like there has to be, and I've seen it. I've seen these first year with new coaches um, where it's been. It's great. Everything everything makes everything makes sense. Uh, they they see the field differently. Everything slows down for them, um, and that's what this. I th- you know, this could happen this year. 
they're going to be healthy. And I think they, they got to find momentum somewhere. Great point. You know, it's, and then you go after Michigan, you know, after the Michigan game, then you're on a short week to Illinois, um, which won't be it's, easy. It's, you know, it's a six day turnaround. And um, I think they have a bye week after that, but, but yeah, the, the first half of the year is, is uh, it's just kind of all over the place. Um, you'd rather play your first two games at home against La Tech and uh, Northern Illinois, then go play the other ones, then come back and play Michigan. Even though you might be a little beat up, you know, you still want to get the two out of, out of the gate. The only, yeah, if they're able to, you know, if they're able to split, that helps. If they were to win them both, which I, I don't anticipate, um, I mean, look out. I mean, it, it could be a, a much better season than any of us anticipate. Uh, back to Big Ten media days from last week. Anything outside of the the Husker players and Matt Rule? Anybody jump out at you? Impress you? Um, not impress you? Anything that anything that uh, was note of note in Indianapolis? Go ahead, Tom. Really? Um, I don't know. Um, it, it 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 seemed pretty matter of fact to me. Um, even the uh, commissioner, I was waiting for a big introduction a big statement and he 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 just kind of ran off the teleprompter uh and, and i think he'll be better but no i didn't really um you know i i think i luke fickle turned some heads um but other than that um i don't know evan you you, you know i don't know no i mean i thought it was fairly standard P.J. Fleck was out there defending some of the allegations out there about his culture from 2017, 2018. Kirk Ferentz was out there uh, talking about gambling issues and what they can do about NIL. David Braun was out there for Northwestern talking about hazing stuff. It just it felt to me like it was it was almost hard to get into too much football conversation with so many of these programs because of all the other stuff they have going on. I mean, everyone's asked about. Uh, name image likeness I thought what I heard from a lot of coaches was they would prefer that this uh, the handling of that move more in-house and get away from some of the third-party collectives that are out there right now so it just I think that sort of continued a trend from the last couple years where the the things that people talk about have been the portal and NIL about conference realignment uh, going to no divisions next year bringing in USC UCLA that came up from a number of, of coaches as well. So in some ways it just kind of feels like the main thing has sort of become the side thing until we actually get to the games. There are so many other things that people want to talk about. And I think it's been a reminder too, that like if you're a head coach in the big 10, yeah, it's, it's obviously good to know football and know it at a deep level, but there are so many other things pulling at these guys' attention than there were even five years ago with, uh, again, all the other things that have come in around college sports that like being a CEO and I think the skill set that Matt Rule has, like that's more valuable now than it was five years ago. I just, there's no question in my mind about that. And, um, you know, again, we saw that play out where so much of the conversation was about stuff other than the actual football. It's a good point. You know, I was impressed by Luke Fickle. He had a kind of, hey, I get, I get it that we're going to change, but it's going to be our right demeanor. Um, he comes off well. Like I, he does not come off like a, like a defensive coordinator. He, I think he's evolved in the way that he talks about the, the game and the way he talks about his team. Um, I still think it's a huge risk, but they're trying. But yeah, Northwestern, uh, is Dave and Braun, 
you know, uh, as I put in my story, in my column, it's not his fault he has resting smirk face, but he does. And there was more than one occasion where, like, he was just like, oh, man, you know, shaking his head and grinning, like, can you believe the crap that this is? <laughs> I was like, this is not the tone that you want to set. I was, I, obviously, they picked him because he had nothing to do with the hazing scandal because he just got there in February, but I'm sure they would have, I'm sure they would have loved to have picked someone else in some on some level because he he did not do well. Um, and people, I thought reporters gave him more grace than I than I anticipated. I think they took it easy on him because they don't think he should be the one answering it, and, and that's true. But he did not present. You know, he was like um, presented a very football centric vision. Uh, PJ Fleck obviously came out swinging and said what he had to say. Uh, swinging rhetorically, of course, uh, said what he had to say and and defended his program, seemed, seemed to be effective enough. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, you know, Jim Harbaugh, this is probably the least confused that I've seen him since he's been there um, and didn't seem all that troubled by the, the impending four-game suspension. And uh, he really, really, really likes his quarterback. I think that is – this is the most effusive he's ever been in praise of a quarterback since he's been in Michigan. So um, I wonder – I meanwhile, James Franklin – almost acted annoyed that people were expecting more of his team. I think he's feeling it a little bit. I think he knows this is a team that could go all the way. And he was irritable. I thought a little bit, just annoyed, uh, not quite ready to, to anoint this team. There's a lot of expectations around Penn state after winning the Rose bowl last year. This to me is the team. If he's going to get it done, he's going to get it done in the next couple of years while he's got this kid drew aller and if you're not able to get it done then you wonder if he can get it all the if he can bring it all the way home uh to the college football playoffs so i guess we will uh we'll find out um i want to i want to hit on you know conference realignment um colorado went to the pac 12 or went to the big 12 last week they went home which was striking there's rumors rumblings that arizona is going to go to the big 12 too which okay that's fine um if you pick off many more out of that league, you might be able to rebuild it with Mountain West teams. But I think the Pac-12, based on the primary TV deal being on Apple's streaming service, could be legitimately like in trouble. The Big Ten may never actually get to play this. As I was thinking about this, I'm like, the Big Ten may not have a 16-team league. It might go to 20. It could. Like next year. I, I mean, I think the Pac-12 is in serious trouble because I don't know that these schools want to remain in a league where all of their games are on, you know. I mean, Ted Lasso's over. So nobody's going to nobody's going to Apple for Ted Lasso anymore. The series is over. So I don't even know what you go to Apple for. Well, the uh, morning show was was a good one. Um, but, um, if, you know, if 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 if. if if you like Reese Witherspoon, um, Reese Witherspoon and Pac-12 football. There you go. But um, no, it is over. I'm 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 going to write about this for for this Sunday. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's you know they did never had anything. They waited too long, and then they didn't. They, they had chances. Pac-12 had chances to get this done and do it right, and maybe you know uh, merge have a form a partnership with the Big 12, and they said no. We're the Pac-12. We're we're gonna do it, and uh, they just over 
uh, it just it overestimated the whole thing. Um, I think, yeah, there's no streaming. You can't, they don't have the product for it. If it's based on subscriptions, who wants to watch Pac-12 football? Nobody. Exactly. So I'm not sure anybody wants to watch Pac-12 football. But then that's going to be on ESPN Plus down the road. So all this is happening, and I can't feel sorry for them because they they they, they did it to themselves. I feel bad that there's not going to be a West Coast conflict. There should be a strong you – know, the Pac-12 had its place in college football. You agree? Uh, and, and now it's going to be gone. Um, I, you know, you hear the theories that the Big Ten has won in Oregon and Washington all along, but they didn't want to be the bad guy who was going to break up the league. Um, and so they're just waiting for the thing to break up. Well, it's going to break up this week. Um, I think you're going to see the, I don't know why they call them the four corners, but they call them the four corners. That should be the uh, North Carolina thing, but, um, the four corners are going to the Big 12, and um, whoop-de-doo. They get Arizona, which doesn't bring anything that they, in, in terms of college football. Um, Utah. They, they are, are, are going to fortify their league, um, and they're going to get the same money. ESPN, I'm sure, is not happy about it. Um, but uh, what does it mean for the, the Big Ten? The only question is, do they get Stanford, Cal, Stanford Cal are very good Big Ten fits. Um, but hold on. The Big Ten model is changing as we speak. Um, here come Florida State. And I I I'm 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 starting I'm starting to see Clemson mentioned for the Big Ten. Don't be surprised if it's Miami, Clemson, Florida State coming to a, a, a Big Ten stadium near you. Um I really thought one of the things that was uh was kind of glossed over last week in Indy was Ryan Day saying, yeah, if they want to move the Michigan-Ohio State game earlier in the season, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, that, that should have stopped everybody in their tracks. It was just kind of a throwaway comment that that's the future of this league, Sam. It's, it's, it's not the Big Ten anymore. It's going to be a national conference. And uh, you know what? Go for it. I don't care if we're going to have the big two, bring it on now. It's the, the old days of the big eight and all that stuff are long gone. Uh, the geographical conferences, these are not financial groups. These, these are not corporations. And um, that's what we're doing. That's what we're having. And they're, they're going to pay players uh, because, because they can, you know, why, why do rock stars date supermodels? Because they can. Why do you pay players? Big Ten SEC because you can the Big Twelve can't do that so that's why there's going to be two, um, and then when you break up the ACC, the ACC breaks itself up. Um, Notre Dame was suddenly on an island. Well, maybe they like to be on an island, but scheduling it becomes harder. So, and and what if there's a Big Ten SEC Power Two playoff? Hey. We're going to have our own national championship. Why not? It works for the NFL. So we have an NFL in college football. Who cares? People love the NFL. <laughs> People love the same teams playing each other every week. And, and they always play each other twice. It's the same teams playing all the time. It works. Why not? Why can't that work in college football? So 
um, another name to get a national championship would have to join that. So it had to become part of the Big Ten that way. So um, I'm going to write about all this stuff, and um, I'm fascinated by it. I'm, 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 but I'm also kind of worn out by it. It's, 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 it's a lot. It's, it's all of a sudden we're going to get, you know, Oregon. Here comes Oregon and Washington, um, and maybe some ACC schools. Uh, you know, if if it if it bothers you, uh, I've got a, I've got a little Big A T-shirt you can wear. So it's possible that if 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 the Big Ten went to a twenty team league, that this is twenty four. Well, if the okay, so twenty four. I mean, whatever. Yeah, they would go back to divisions. So if they yeah. went to a twenty team league, they would have divisions again. Right. Because you could play nine conference games, ten teams to a side, and just imagine what it would look like. And I'm going to use my fingers here. If you had UCLA, USC. Oregon, Washington, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Northwestern, and Wisconsin. Well, what if that was its own conference? Well, it, it, it yeah, I mean, it its could be division with conference within a conference. Right. Well, I'm saying it would be like the AFC and the NFC, and, and the Big Ten would would have divisions like like the AFC does. Um, and so you'd have to do it that way. And then you all, you play into a, of course, if the Big Ten and SEC do that, I'm, they're not going to stop at 12 playoff. They're going to, they're probably going to go, we need 16 at least. So, right. um, and you know, who cares? You know, who's, you know, who's going to sign off on all this? Uh, Fox, because they're driving the bus. They're in charge of all this stuff. It ain't the Big Ten office. It's not Tony Petiti. It's not Ted Carter. It's none of those people. It's Fox. And um, they invited the LA schools in. This is all TV inventory. This is um, this is the, the fall lineup. You know um, who's Fox have on the fall lineup? Well, here they come, Oregon and Washington. So it's um, it's nuts. It's nuts. But you you better wrap your arms around it quick because um, I, I'm telling you, uh, Arizona's not going to sit around. They're not going to have any money. You have to budget your athletic department. Whether you're Utah or whoever, you know Stanford and Cal, you have to have money coming in, and I don't see money coming in on this Apple deal. I just don't see it um, because when you lose USC, it's it's um, it's it, I'll tell you it's it's crazy. And I'm you know the old college football is over with. It was long. It was dead a long time ago. You know now it's. Um, you know, but if you're Nebraska, I think you love this. I mean, yeah, it's you're going to you're going to you're going to need more playoff bids if you're inviting all these people into the room. You're going to need more playoff bids, right? Um, but because Florida State and Clemson are going to take up some, and maybe Miami if they ever get it going. So, um, yeah, <laughs> there we go. I look forward to this call on Sunday. I mean, me too. The world, the <laughs> world is flat. We 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 thought it was going to happen, and it's happened. Okay, I think that is our Pick Six podcast for this week. We'll be back next week to talk about uh, Week One of camp. Marcus Satterfield will talk tomorrow. Maybe we'll talk a little him. Uh, we'll wrap up Nebraska basketball's trip to uh, Spain. Maybe the women's basketball's trip to Greece. Uh, so we'll have a few more things, and we'll have I think a volleyball media day in Nebraska. 
uh, to discuss as well. So uh, we will have lots to chat about then. For Evan and Tom, I'm Sam. Thanks for listening to the Big Six Podcast. <laughs>